what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to another 134th, 5th, God, I should look at this before we start, uh, edition of Birds All Day, the last one of the regular season, uh, presumably. My name is Drew Fairservers, and of course we are here talking about your finally, sadly, eliminated from playoff contention, Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, it was a, what a long and strange journey it's been here in 2017, uh, where the season was mathematically ended uh, just the other day, but many would state that it was actually uh, over before it started, for the most part, due to that, was it 1-9 and nine they started? 1-9 and nine record in the first 10 games? Yeah, it was something like that. I think that's what it was. Never, never good. You never want. That's not what you like. Not what you want. No. Uh, really. But yet we soldier on, and now we're back into, or into uh, the prospect porn season where we will uh, make wild extrapolations and uh, projections based on uh, teeny samples of uh, quasi-meaningless September baseball. And joining me, as always... Old Reliable. Old Reliable, Mr. Andy Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm doing all right. Joining me to do just that. Uh, yeah. We're, we're going to talk about um, Oscar Hernandez. About uh, how he's good, and it's good that they got him for, 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 for Felix Hernandez. <laughs> Francisco Liriano. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe one day. At this point now, you probably could get Felix Hernandez in exchange for Teoscar Hernandez, unfortunately. Yeah, that's sad. But that's it's almost like pitching sad. like 2,000 innings before you're 30. Bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll talk about all that stuff. We'll talk about just some news and notes around the team. And uh, I think we'll talk a little bit about the Jose for, uh, Bautista farewell, what is ostensibly his final game. As a Blue Jay, we kind of talked about it last week. We can kind of go over it. I think it was uh, it was perfect in a lot of ways. It couldn't have been much better uh, Absolutely. For, for everybody in attendance. So we'll talk about that towards the end. Uh, before we get started, a uh, bit of a special note this week. Uh, you know how often we'll come to you and we will say uh, this podcast is powered by Patreon, uh, which you can, of course, visit at patreon.com slash birds all day. That's all true. It's still true today as it was 135-ish episodes ago. 133. 133. There we go. That's the number. Yeah. Um, what Something we haven't done and we should do and we've done this week is we recorded a special segment that is going to be exclusive for Patreon uh, supporters only. We took a look at, uh, at the American League playoff teams and helped you, the Blue Jays fan, kind of pick who you may or may not want to support in the upcoming October baseball tournament. So look for that at patreon.com slash birds all day. If you are a Patreon supporter, if you want to join them and become one of those uh the segment we recorded is fun so i i I think you might want to check that out kick us a couple bucks a month support the content you uh you you uh you appreciate and you enjoy and you get more free stuff and uh stone and i've been talking a lot in in the lab about different ways to uh to to incentivize those people who want to support us so uh so if you are a patreon supporter don't forget to log in and and check that out it should be up right around the same time that this is and uh, keep your eye out for more exclusive content uh, from the two of us. And as I informed Stoughton, uh, unilaterally, the extra segments, podcast segments, they're going to be called Super Bad. So screw everybody else. I hope. <laughs> it's a good name. How could I, how could I argue? I, I hope that it's just lots of uh, dick drawings, big triumphant motherfuckers just all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, so check, check for that. Uh, but the regular birds all day, unchanged. Well, not changed, not unchanged. We, everyone's better. Each one's better than the last. Uh, you'll still be able to get that uh, free of charge, whether you're a Patreon supporter or not. Uh, 
at bluejaysnation.com is of course where Stoughton posts them all uh, on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash birds all day and of course iTunes which is probably the majority of people's uh, source for podcastery so head over there and uh, rate and review anything that any more schlepping and shilling that needs to be done I think that covers it all right speaking of covering it boy oh boy Teoscar Hernandez hit a bunch of home runs this month sorry yep yeah no he has uh he has and uh, it's got people very excited. Of course, this is a guy that, as I mentioned before, was acquired for Francisco Liriano, who is a uh, fringe <laughs> lefties-only guy on the stacked Astros team. Uh, the, the acquisition cost was very low for the Blue Jays because Teoscar Hernandez was very much um, um, uh, surplus to requirements in Houston. They have outfielders for days. Uh, people who were a lot further along in their development, you know, even uh, even as uh, you know, minor leaguers, to say nothing of the Josh Reddick who signed long-term, George Springer, who's unbelievable. And then they've got a whole bunch of guys they cycle through. Uh, I think that one guy's name is Alex White. Jake Marisnik is in the mix, former Blue Jay. But uh, so they didn't need Hernandez. And he was obviously a guy with a lot of tools and a lot of talent. And he came to the Jays for not, not a song, but not a lot. And now he's kind of turning some heads, hitting the ball with authority. Uh, multi-home run games, hitting the ball over the fence in Boston. Uh, it's got people excited, and you wrote a little bit about it, Stoughton, and there's good reason to be excited whenever you see somebody go bananas like this and hit a bunch of home runs. I think I think so. Yeah, there there is there is, there are people out there though to to back up a touch, and I think maybe I mentioned them on on this uh, on one of these last week or the week before. I got in a, a a Twitter argument with people who are so against the Blue Jays' acquisition of Francisco Liriano, the fact that they paid money. To him, that basically they're like twenty million dollars for Liriano last year, this year, and for taking on the contract of Nori Aoki just to get Hernandez. They think that that twenty million dollars could have been better, better spent otherwise. I think these are are uh, are people who have have lost the plot a little bit on that. But there are genuinely people out there who think that it, the acquisition cost much too high. Uh, that the Jays should have never got. Francisco Liriano, which would have meant they probably missed the playoffs last year. They don't care. $20 million. Who could have spent it in so many other ways, like getting a starter that uh, would have filled the hole that Francisco Liriano did this year. Even though Liriano was bad, these people despise Francisco Liriano, by the way. Uh, worst pitcher in baseball, I believe, was something that, the, this, I'm, I've, if I may, recount a boring Twitter argument that I had. Uh, so yeah, I, I I don't know that it's that we can quite so easily say that the acquisition cost was low because people will fucking argue with that like they will on anything. But yeah, it's looked good. It's looked like it's been a, a real smart move. Uh, like you say, Hernandez hitting the ball out of the park all the time. There are some you know, uh, there's no reason to think that that's going to continue. I think if you look at his home run per fly ball rate, which was something I mentioned in the piece, uh, it's it's above 30%, which is Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton territory. And in fact, only 13 qualified hitters since the year 2000 have had seasons where their home, home run per fly ball uh, was higher than 30%. So I, I'm not sure that Teoscar is going to be able to, uh, to keep that up. And that's why there's maybe uh, a risk that fans are getting a little overhyped about what they're seeing from him. Everybody is, you know, obviously you love it when the ball is flying off the guy's bat and going over the fence. Uh, but contact issues are uh, have been a thing for him. Uh, they were in the minor leagues. He kind of lost his way as a prospect for a, a little bit in his first taste of Double A. 
really the strikeouts were a problem. His you know was a sub three hundred on base in Double A. He just had a, a miserable season, and then seemed to get back on track. Uh, t- to bring up the the walk rate last year, where he went from he started the year in Double A, ended up you know making his big league debut, had about 100 plate appearances in the big leagues, uh, and looked like he was a, a real prospect again, uh, and looked like that guy in the Houston system as well this year, which is kind of interesting. You know the the strikeout rate crept up a little bit this year in Triple A for Houston, but uh, but was still you know under 20 percent, which is better than where it's at right now with the Jays and where it has been in Buffalo as well. Uh, and he uh, and the walk rate looked a little bit better than we're seeing right now as well. Uh, and it's odd a little bit that as soon as he got to the new organization, uh, he seemed to be to get a little bit more aggressive and seemed to go back to the guy that uh, that he was before. And I don't know, maybe he's trying to impress the new organization. Maybe it's just a coincidence in a small sample size. I'm not sure, but he's a guy who I was reading some stuff, you know, researching in air quotes because you know I'm just I'm not. I'm not going to the fucking Library of Congress here, uh, but like looking at stuff on on uh, on Teoscar, uh, you know, as a prospect with the Astros, uh, inconsistency was a word that came up a bit. Where I think John Sickles said, you know, there there are days where he looks like he's going to be a 300 hitter in the bigs, and it's not going to be, you know, the the on base is going to be tied to that because he doesn't walk quite enough, but that's going to be okay. And then there are other days where it's like oh, I don't I don't know if this is if this is going to play, and the ball flies off the bat a lot, but uh, but there are contact issues. Um, and it's been interesting to see what's happened when he's been with the Jays because we've seen the good side of the of the selling out for power kind of uh, Teoscar Hernandez, the uh, you know the Justin Smoke in 2015 or whatever year it was where he wasn't completely fucking miserable before he transformed himself this year uh, by improving those contact skills. So I I don't know I don't know that uh, that we can extrapolate a whole lot from what we're seeing from him right now. Uh, and what I guess I would say is we should we should extrapolate is uh, some of the less oh my god this looks amazing stuff which is the fact that you know he's striking out a bunch his contact rate's not great the walk rate could be better um, but you can't look at that I don't think you can read too much into that either because you know why why should he be doing anything but what he's doing right now why shouldn't he be aggressive until pitchers start pitching him differently uh, because whatever he's doing right now is working it is and. I- Thank you for that. A very informative, deep dive, a little bit on Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, without, I, I, there's a part of me that wants to go and never stop talking about the people who complain about the acquisition of Francisco Liriano. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, like the the money that that was given to him was somehow a barrier to success. Either last year when they made the playoffs when he was very good, or this year, like they were they were they were that fifteen million dollars away from turning this whole thing around. Well, they could have had R.A. Dickey for less than that. Probably. <laughs> and, you know, everybody at the end of 2016 was like, I definitely think they should sign R.A. Dickey and get rid of Francisco Liriano. If only they weren't outbid for R.A. Dickey. Um, if, you, if, <laughs> if you have money and you're not spending it to give yourself a chance to win the World Series and give yourself flexibility moving forward by acquiring prospects in exchange for a guy who the other team has since released, Drew Hutchison is a free agent right now for what that's worth. That's crazy to me. And then yes, you you and then you turn around and you acquire a player that you think you you is not at the peak of his value, but you believe in. And if you believe in your player development model, then you can take a player who has the got those inconsistent tags on him through the minor leagues, or a player with 
uh, you know, issues in his approach or maturity or whatever you want to say. Maybe you surround him like with good people, like sticking him right beside Jose Bautista for as long as you possibly can to talk about approach, to talk about professionalism, to talk about dedication to the craft and becoming a better player and a better athlete at all times. Maybe that's going to going to wear off. Uh, unfortunately, there's a bit of a little bit of part of me that's a little bit afraid of of the parallels to Jose Bautista, which people are rushing to make right now, delightfully. Um, in, in jest, I think, mostly. But um, because a part of me is worried that the guy, Teoscar Hernandez, is going to look like Jose Bautista, but not the Jose Bautista of 2009 as much as the Jose Bautista of 2027. Or 2017. Because if you look at his, his Brooks baseball page, they do a nice, <laughs> yeah. they do a nice synopsis. And they, discuss, they say, against fastballs, he had an aggressive approach to play. That's not, that's not a bad thing. I'm okay with that. Uh, mm-hmm. With a disastrously high likelihood to swing and miss. He's got a 30% <laughs> whiff for swing rate on fastballs, which is scary. Yeah, that, and, and now fastballs are where yeah. he's doing a lot of his work. He's got, a, I believe, five, fast, five home runs against fastballs this year, um, which, you know, that's not, un, not uncommon. And he's actually handled um, off-speed pitches, change-ups. You know, he's not seen very many. But the point is, there's a lot to work with. The other point is, it's encouraging to see success. It's encouraging to see him barrel baseballs up and, and get some nice results. It's also very important from a fan perspective to remember the old adage about you don't believe anything you see in April or September. So mm-hmm. take it all with a grain of salt. Understand that this is a reflection of the guy that the Blue Jays acquired. I don't think it's going to change any of their minds. He's going to have to come and prove, I think, in spring training that he deserves to be the everyday guy moving forward next year. The team has, has, has decisions to make in terms of how likely they think that is and how that's going to impact the, the likelihood of the team being competitive next year. If that's truly the goal, maybe they aren't so ready to hand him a job or let him fail in the job before they find someone else to move into it. I, I don't know. It's, it's, um, there's no downside to him hitting home runs in September other than raising expectations. I think that's, yeah. I think we can agree to that. I think that's basically right. And yeah, you're, I, I, they, they may well, I mean, hopefully I, yeah, I'll say hopefully, hopefully that the, the Jays are looking at it and are, are not being as swayed by some of the fans are and are thinking still about, you know, we got to add an outfielder, you know, because I, 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 I would think that they are. I think Mark Shapiro talked about, on the radio that his ideal team would be Teoscar and Anthony Alford and Dalton Bombay in Buffalo, uh, you know, waiting for an opportunity that we all know is at some point going to come. Um, but then at the same time, I mean, how many, they could, they could use three fucking outfielders at this point. Uh, so, so I, I, he may end up getting thrust into that job anyway, uh, because who knows what, like, I mean, this Pearson Zeke thing, the, the team, I wrote about this when, when Shapiro uh, was on the radio, uh, and, or maybe Atkins, you know, they've, they've been kind. They've, they have not uh, shat on the performance of Ezekiel Carrera or Steve Pierce. They've sort of gone out of their way to be nice about uh, what they've brought to left field. I think Atkins made a comment about, oh, they've been a, it's been a pretty good combo out there. It's like, really? Has it? Like, you're not dying to get better than those two guys. You know, Zeke's had a nice little year at the plate. But, I mean, looking at uh, uh, Jonah Carey did the uh, did grades for, for Blue Jays players uh, in a piece at Sportsnet today. In, in, uh, in the Pierce thing, he's like, he didn't even hit lefties and showed his slash line against lefties, which was abysmal. Uh, you know, the defense obviously is an issue. 
I mean, I don't know what I don't know what they do there. I mean, this is a bit of a tangent, obviously, from the Hernandez conversation, but like, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to upgrade that and right field, and I sure as hell wouldn't turn up my nose at at the prospect of maybe like maybe maybe Hernandez ends up in center. I don't think the Jays are as inclined to move Kevin Pillar as I'd maybe like them to be. Um, but I, I think that, you know, with Alfred, with Hernandez, with Pompey, assuming he gets healthy and is, is back next year and ready to go, uh, we've talked about it before. I don't know how much difference in production you're going to get uh, between Pilar and those guys. And if you can move Pilar for something that helps you elsewhere. Uh, I'd, I'd also love to see, a, like, Hernandez's bat plays better as a center fielder. I don't know that the, that his glove does. Um but you know the bar with the bar just a little bit less. I, I I think I would feel better about a guy who might not take a bunch of walks, but will hit twenty home runs and steal twenty bases, and uh, so like Kevin Pillar, and maybe and maybe can give you more. Well, <laughs> but Pillar doesn't even do that. Yeah, pretty close. It's all the outs in between that are the problem with Kevin Pillar. <laughs> it um, it sure is. But well, but how many? I, I don't how many home runs do you, do you think Kevin Pillar has this year? I don't know. I think it's 12 it's or 15. Like 16 or something. But he's got yeah. like 40 doubles. Kind of comes out in the wash. That's, I guess that's pretty good. Yeah, but 16 he, home runs. But he yeah. makes a lot of outs. And and maybe there's some worry that you're that maybe you're going to get similar style production from Hernandez, who has not shown any inclination to walk. Um, but maybe Hernandez... See, maybe her, if I'm being very charitable, I'm thinking that Hernandez could potentially have a bit of like a George Springer type of trajectory into him where Springer was like a tons of walks, tons of speed, tons of strikeouts and, and home runs and stuff. And then it, and then it, his, his, um, his approach sort of sorted itself out in a way where uh, he'd become very good. Now, maybe that's not what Her- Hernandez is going to do, but uh, one thing I'll say the, about the left field situation is that there are no good left fielders. Don't forget that. That True. Th- there are, you know, Justin Upton is a really good left fielder. Uh, Marcelo Ozuna is kind of the the Marlins are lucky in that they can cycle Ozuna and Yelich sort of th- in and out of left field. Um, but other than that, there's like nobody who's a really good left fielder. Uh, you know, Brett Gardner is a good left fielder. Uh, you know, but Yankee Stadium's left field job is a little bit different than it is in other places. Uh, ben Intendi, but like really, who's a good left fielder? The answer is nobody. There aren't. There's not really a good left fielder so if you can get steady average production from the pierce zeke combination pierce should not really be an outfielder but that's not what we're talking about well it'd be nice if there was just one of them who could cover the position all the time as opposed to two yeah it would also it would all it also helps a lot if you have standout performers at the other positions which a lot of teams do have obviously center field is really top heavy right now there's a lot of superstars who play center field guys who can do it all and and uh, and right field is you know the, there's more high quality right fielders than there are left field, and that's just sort of baseball's natural selection working its magic, where the skills that are required for each of those two positions are more in demand, and the better athletes are making their way there. And left field is sort of like a bit of a wilderness, so you can get away with having Pierce and Zeke if you get more out of center field and right field, which the Jays used to do uh, in right field in particular, not anymore. Right. And, and and for me, you know, the the idea of of some of these guys coming up and passing Kevin Pillar, uh, obviously that's appealing. You would love for someone to come in and take over and become that, that much better than him at that job. Whether that 
and, and maybe I'm, you know, Pompey and Alfred are the guys who I kind of in my mind have in that depth chart and in that sort of pecking order. Uh, so it'd be great to see one of them. I mean, uh, there's, I saw you debating with the guy on the, in your comments, Morgan Burton, who's like a longtime listener guy who sends lots of emails and stuff. Always uh, good to hear from him. But he's wondering, like, has Alfred been passed over in the depth chart? And, and uh, count me among those who, who is really skeptical of Alfred's ability to hit like a corner outfielder. And I, for whatever reason, I see more opportunity. I, maybe it's because that's what I want, but I feel like there's more likely to get that from Hernandez than you are from Alfred and Pompey corner outfield style offense sure okay I, I i honestly i couldn't tell you I, I still have a lot of hope for alfred but it does seem like people think he profiles more in center um yeah i don't know but like you said there's no like the, as there is no good left fielders i mean maybe the maybe the bar is changing a little bit anyway maybe uh i don't know i wouldn't feel too bad with three good glove guys who maybe don't have the same offensive production but that that is easy to say when you can get offense out of other positions that maybe are are less traditionally offensive heavy, like the Jays would if they had you know a couple of healthy middle infielders who are performing the way uh, they should, which they clearly haven't been healthy uh, all year, and Tulo not performing at all when he wasn't. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I I I don't know. I I I don't know what the future holds for Alfred or or Hernandez, but. Uh, it would be nice. I think the Jays seem to think that it would be nice to force them to break the door down, as opposed to, you know, at this point looking at what he's what Hernandez has done in September and th- thinking, okay, well, we have our right fielder. Now we got to go figure out something else. I, I think it's still there's a good chance that they're going to be out there. Uh, it's actually, I mean, the whole off season is going to be interesting. It, it in that. They could do very little, or they could do a lot. I think, uh, you know, maybe not the real big pieces, but the, the the Zeeks and the the Pierces, and you know, I I don't think they're gonna move Morales because I don't know who the hell would take him. But there there are little things on the margins that I think they could do in ways that they could try to strengthen this team because obviously, you know, it's the bench that's been that's been so tough for them all year, and I think that that's you know obviously gonna be a focus. Um. But once you start moving pieces in, in and out, you could end up, you know, a domino effect and having a bunch of things sort of move around. So it could be, it could be quite interesting, but it could also be, uh, yeah, Hernandez seems fine. We'll, we'll take the cheap guy to do that and then try to, you know, see what we can do elsewhere. I don't, I, I don't know. I have yet to be able to figure out how to read it. And if anyone was going to be able to do so, it would be you. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, all right, so let's move on. A uh, piece of news that came out today, just before we started to record. Uh, after some speculation by you, you've made some special speculation, wondered about the, the changing length of, and shape of the schedule. Could uh, mean the end of the Blue Jays exhibition games in Montreal before the season begins. Uh, as it turns out, you're an idiot. Well, we all knew that. As the Blue Jays will, in fact, return to Montreal on March 26th and 27th, a Monday and a Tuesday, uh, as you go out of your way to note, to face uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. Which is kind of cool, right? Yeah. Good oh, yeah. going back. Those ga- yeah, those games are fun. It's a, it's a great event. Uh, the Monday and Tuesday thing is uh, is curious. But obviously, you know, they're so lucrative 
compare like the I think they split the gates with the visiting team, right? You know, so just uh, you know, right straight down the middle, whatever they make off the tickets. I mean, that's that's way better than anybody's doing at their at their spring stadium, right? So, uh, so it's in the team's interest to to do it, even with when you probably factor in all the overhead and stuff. And it's it's a great way to to get people excited for the season. It's a great way to you know, some of the players will say it's good to be in that environment. Guys who have never really had the opportunity to play in, in you know, what really feels like a, an MLB atmosphere and, and having all those fans there and people going nuts and the noise and, and uh, just the scale of it. Uh, I remember, you know, that obviously was going to help Miguel Castro there when he was the closer starting in 2015. But maybe maybe it did help Roberto Osuna, and, and you know there you know there are guys who've sort of said that that I mean that's obviously not in and of itself a reason to go, but uh, yeah, there's lots to like to like about the event, but it is they've really uh, through I think no fault of like I don't think it's like devious or anything like that. I think it's just this is the way the schedule's worked out, but the, it's it's forcing the Warren Cromartys and the the Montreal baseball movement to really put their money where where their mouths are. Uh, because of, you know, a Monday to Tuesday night is just a different, different draw, a different, uh, uh, situation than having these events on a weekend. You know, I, I mm-hmm. know that at the very least at the first one, uh, a lot of people from Ontario were going up cause it's a great excuse to go to an, an awesome city in Montreal and go party for a weekend. Uh, I don't know that that many people will be taking the trip when they're having to take a couple days off work. And also, as I mentioned in the piece that the, the Habs are playing, uh, like there's their I think it's like their sixth last game of the season, so they're you know all eyes might be on that as well. So it's really going to be a test of uh, where that market is in terms of uh, the viability of baseball and what people think about uh, what that what whether they can actually pull bringing a team back off. And I think that's unfair, which is also what I said in the piece. You know, it's a it, it's. Um, it shouldn't sort of be reflected. I don't think it should reflect too much on them, like a Monday and Tuesday night with another team's or another city's team coming in, and and uh, and you know the novelty may be wearing off a little bit at this point. Like if if the numbers did dip a little bit, I don't think that would be like oh uh, oh this is bad things for uh, for the, the, the for the Montreal baseball revival. Uh, but I think a lot of people will probably be itching to spin it that way. Uh, so we'll see. I hope it's uh, as great as it's always been, but it's a uh, it's a little bit of an interesting hitch here. This is n- never before has the deck been stacked against the event as compared to b- being stacked in favor of it. I think like mm-hmm. this before uh, with the Mets and the Red Sox, you had you know built in audiences. Maybe the you got New York New Yorkers and or people from Long Island or whomever that might want to make the trip the short trip up. Uh, enjoy. Yeah, the it's, I mean it's. It's basically I, I remember looking at it at the time. Boston, like Fenway, Fenway to the Big O is almost exactly the same distance as uh, the Rogers Center to the Big O. Like it's yeah, yeah. There, there were a lot of people who could have made that trip. Though I think a lot of local people go too. Like I don't, sure. I don't seem to recall the there being a ton of Boston fans in the in the stadium. I'm sure it helped pack things out, but uh, but it is uh, from my experiences going there, it is a lot of Montreal fans, Expos fans, people in their Expos gear. Uh, I'd say the majority of it is, and it's more about you know celebrating baseball and and the Blue Jays thing is secondary. Uh, but I guess we'll find out because there's going to be a lot fewer Blue Jays fans uh, coming from Ontario, and there's not going to be a lot of people coming from St. Louis either. I doubt. I no, doubt. I'm going to go ahead and say not. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how well the uh, ba- the best fans in baseball will travel to uh, the exotic foreign land where they speak another language. 
like a bunch of savages. Uh, there's a comment on your post, which is very interesting. That's saying that uh, if the nostalgia and pomp and exposiness is lost on you, you quickly realize you're in a tin seat in the far-flung upper deck of a dilapidated football stadium watching minor league exhibition baseball at $40 a ticket. And then he goes on to note that you're also fighting with 40,000 people on Montreal's hilarious subway st- uh, system and then to wander out to that concrete spectacle in the middle of nowhere, uh, which, again, on a Monday night, uh, the... the uh, going for the third or fourth year in a row however many it's been uh not quite as appealing yeah oh the reds that was the other one the reds of course they played last year with with a little bit of a can con connection that that helped to to goose it a little bit but uh and there was a tim rain last year just the greatest canadian hitter in baseball history one of the greatest hitters period i don't give a shit who you are it's yeah. as good as it gets. But yeah, I mean, it's at the very least, it's good for the people who love it and the people of Montreal who want to go and support and watch baseball uh, in the form of the Blue Jays. And uh, I think all of that, all of the negativity or all of the reality checks against this is a real test for baseball, a lot of that is going to be offset by the not-so-slim chance. In fact, I would say it's a very good chance that Vladimir Guerrero will start in one or both games for the Blue <laughs> it Jays probably, out there. It probably will happen, yeah. That's so true. at the very least, that has a chance to at least get the baseball nerds and the super nostalgic Expos fans in gear. Uh, and, and, and if that does, in fact, come to pass, which I, I'm going to go ahead and say right now here in September that I will be shocked if it doesn't, that's going to get a lot of walk-up. Uh, action yeah uh, in, in the day oh, and, and vlad senior probably going to be you know on his way to the hall of fame as well entirely like, possible yeah there was that, that help, right? there was a tim Raines thing last year so if there's a vlad uh hall of fame connection you're just printing money now just printing it and throwing it around like scrooge fucking mcduck <laughs> nobody else gives a shit yeah that's probably yeah and so it probably will work but it, yeah well good i hope it works it would be good for for everybody, if it works. Here, here. Um, uh, but it, 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 I can't. You mentioned the subway thing, and I just every time I, it, it is, it's baffling, and you, it's unless, until you experience it, you you don't understand how stupid it is that it the stadium is where it is because there's like, you know, it, the, Montreal has multiple subway lines, like a real city, unlike Toronto. Uh, but there, uh, the the one that it is on, there's like two stops beyond the stadium, and the, so the so it's just it's just every stop as you keep going out farther east towards the stadium gathers more people and more people and then when you're coming back it's the same it it, it would be like i mean it would be like if you had if the stadium was at like warden or something like that you know where the, it's like everybody would like would just be jammed down that fucking subway line and nobody after the game or hardly anybody after the game would be going to the east everybody coming back to downtown and beyond and it, it's just it uh, for that first that very first game uh especially i mean i didn't know and i think a lot of obviously a lot of the locals would have uh, maybe wouldn't have even remembered because the audiences were so sparse uh by the end anyway uh but yeah it was a real it was a real test of one's patience uh to have to deal with that but like you say the the double vlad thing really could uh could change it entirely. Maybe they didn't. Uh, I don't think like was Vlad there last year. I know Vlad Junior wasn't. I don't know if, if Senior was or if it was really. I mean, it was more about Tim Raines. 
which is which is good because now they have the chance. Uh, it looked. I think I don't know. I don't remember the final totals, but it definitely looked like senior uh, was on the cusp. So that would do real well. <laughs> Rogers uh, should be sending gift baskets to uh, to some of the Hall of Fame voters just to make sure that happens. They're going to do like Oscar style hype videos and like for your consideration, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> please, yeah. for the love of God. Uh, uh, and also as someone who lives at the kind of the far end of one of the subway lines, I thank you for using the East, not the West. Like, can, well, I, you know, can you imagine? I, on it, well, I honestly, there's, there just, there feels like there's a lot more people to the, to the West of the end of that subway line than to the East. Uh, and, and people are well-mannered and, and spend money freely out here. It's a wonderful place here at the ends of the earth. <laughs> Although we butt up against Ford country, so that is uh, negative in its own right. Speaking of uh, the ends of the earth, uh, I would travel to the ends of the earth uh, to protect the good name of Jose Bautista. And uh, as we expected, I think it was, I was even a little bit delighted at uh, the send-off that he received uh, all week. Uh, from the time that we recorded last week, um, you know, as, as that, uh, the previous series ended, and then the series, uh, I guess, against the Yankees, over the, was it against the Yankees or the Twins? Uh, whatever. Good. The Yankees. The Yankees. Uh, yeah. That he was properly feted at every opportunity. Uh, the team on the Sunday, of course, let him run out on his own, and he got a nice ovation. Uh, got a nice ovation during every at-bat, and he got, he got a couple knocks. And then, of course, the John Gibbons brought him off the field, and there was you know many handshakes and hugs and, and, uh, and ovations, and, and it was lovely, and it was great, and uh, he deserved it. He earned every, uh, every moment, and, and the team uh, did, did right by him, which you would not expect uh, otherwise. But... Uh, you know, it, it was terrific. Uh, there's nothing else yeah. to say about it. it. Obviously, Jose Bautista is a transform, transformational figure in, in, fran- in franchise history. And uh, we've said, you and I have said many, many things in the last few months about what he's meant to the team and what he means to, uh, to people who watch the team or follow the team or, care, or cover the team. Uh, so there's nothing else really to say other than thank you. Uh, although, Marcus Stroman, who awesomely wore a Jose Bautista jersey to warm up in, before Sunday's game, as he was the starter for that game, uh, which also awesomely that they just like busted it out of a case on the wall and he yeah. put it. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Yeah, it's like authenticated. I don't know. They'll probably just wash it and put it back up on the wall." It's like, "Yes, yes, they will." Um, but he went out of his way. I don't know if it was on Instagram. I think it was on Instagram where he said he's not retiring. His career is not over. Like he made sure to do the right thing and like carry water for his friend and not make it like a wake and talk about how. You know, he's going to keep playing and maybe he won't be in Toronto, um, which to which is I, I salute, but also bullshit. Um, <laughs> because Jose Bautista was a free agent at the end of last season, but none of this happened. There wasn't any of this at the end of last season during the last home games. Was there? Am I wrong? Am I crazy? Oh, there was. Yeah, there was none of this. Well, because. Yeah, well, because it did not feel like the end was near. It felt like, you know, if we had the we'd have the chance to. Uh, to welcome him back as a player because he would at least be playing somewhere else. But this, this time, yeah, it's, it's not so sure that he's going to be, you know, coming back to Roger center as a member of another team. It, uh, Oh, it, it's been bad. We've tried to avoid it. I mean, I know we've talked about it, but yeah, I, huh, it's been bad this year. Holy shit. It's, he had a home run yesterday. All is forgiven. Uh, it, that, oh, that's the only yeah, thing that was sure, missing, but, he he was in the middle of a long drought, a, a home run drought, and he didn't manage to get one at home during the last uh, homestand, as I recall, um, which is too bad. But he had one yesterday, which is nice in Boston. 
But uh, but yeah, like it really feels like it's the end of the line for his for his career. Um, he'll have I, I don't doubt that he'll have an opportunity um, to go and maybe grab a pillow contract or you know heaven forbid like a minor league you know non 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 roster invite to to spring training sort of thing. But uh, or uh, that that might even be a bit of a stretch. But uh, he just hasn't looked good. He hasn't looked right at the plate, and as, as we've said before. The game's changed in a way that it may have left him behind, given the physical limitations that 36 years on the earth has placed upon him. It's uh, it's tough, but uh, uh, you know he and he said all the right things about wanting to come back, and this is where his you know his heart is and stuff. And uh, you have to really contort yourself to find a place for him on the 2018 Blue Jays, right? Like, oh, on the Jays, yeah. They're I mean they have how many DHs already? Right, like I mean, maybe if they had a DH, you could you could almost think like, all right, or if they had a hole at DH, like if they didn't have Morales, if they didn't have Pierce, both of whom should be there, uh, you know, if they didn't have guys like Tulo and Donaldson and Martin, who maybe you would like to use as a DH more often, which makes you know even Morales and Pierce kind of problematic on this roster, uh, you could see a spot for him, but I mean, you just you don't, maybe. Maybe his future's as a third baseman. I don't. I don't know. But I don't think you want him out in the outfield anymore. And just after what you've seen at the plate, and you, you know you've seen it all season. It's uh, he had that resurgence in May that looked really good, and then it's just sort of been a straight line down ever since then. Um, and just yeah, just hasn't looked himself. hasn't hasn't been hitting the ball with authority. He's been popping up. Has uh, just hasn't. Uh, you know, looks like a guy at the end of his career, which sucks and is sad, and I hope is not true. I hope he gets an opportunity and we, you know, has a fucking great year somewhere if that's what he really wants to do. But I, I still, I don't see where that opportunity will come. I don't know who's going to like because nobody even wanted him last year. I mean, I think this year maybe has helped his reputation. He's maybe he's been humbled by the year, but I, I, or it's or that it's been conscious because of that that he hasn't. You know, had I mean, he was ejected in Boston, but he hasn't he hasn't had the same kind of uh, drama surrounding him as maybe previous years. Um, so maybe uh, teams will think a little bit differently about bringing him in, uh, and maybe it, it it changes the question when it's you know when you're talking about a, an an invite to camp or a, a contract small enough that you can just eat it if he sucks. Uh, but yeah, maybe there will be teams that are more interested in him than they were last year. But it seems like it was just Tampa was had a had a little bit of an offer for him, and he was really just waiting on the Jays and and uh, and really wanted to be here. And this was the only place where it kind of could work. So I, I, I just what like just roster spots, bench spots are too valuable at this point. To you know the way that teams are thinking to have a guy like that, I think on your bench, right? Like he's he just does not provide enough value to your roster to use a roster spot on him it, it's crazy to me to think that there are folks who believe that the blue jays are going to basically pay kendrys morales to go away so that they can retain a player who was demonstrably worse this year yeah, um, yeah. that's crazy now you know morales is no great shakes and if you believe in your heart of hearts that there is um, hope or a strong chance or a realistic opportunity for Jose Bautista to bounce back and to re- rediscover some of his form and be a lot closer to even the guy we saw in 2016 who was still a very much an above average hitter he was below Jose Bautista level hitter but he was better than all this year by you know leaps and bounds 
If you think that can happen, you're still having to now pay out of pocket to send a guy away. And you mentioned the DH, and maybe it would be nice to have that spot open so you can cycle guys through, um, which to the, to, to, I would say the other point is only one of those guys is really realistically a DH or can, would have any value as a DH. What you, do, what you need is not a DH spot to, to hide them. You need roster spots to have support guys in place. You need depth, yeah. right? Yeah. You need catching depth and you need middle infield depth to cover for those often injured players who are you know, incredibly valuable and, and required, you know, Martin and Tulowitzki in particular. But you need to have coverage behind them and you need to have people who can step in and play those incredibly important positions when those guys are getting the rest that they deserve. Josh Donaldson, what we know about Josh Donaldson, he, he will DH, you know, at, at the at punishment of death only, right? Like, he, he you can't get him <laughs> off the field. Yeah. He doesn't want to yeah. play. He doesn't want to DH. He doesn't want a day off. He wants to get out there and play and play and play and play, which is fine. God bless him. Let him do it. But you can't afford to have... The Blue Jays, we've talked about how spending money to make the team better. You got to do that, and that's important. You can't... You can't be paying all these guys to go away so you can keep Bautista, unfortunately. Um, there's, there's just the chance of there being this storybook ending. It's real slim. Like, you know, it just, I, I wish and I, I want nothing more for them, him to, to be able to come back and somehow make the team or somehow or make the team better. To, to be like he is and, and go out or, or not have this be the end of his career. But Everybody has the end of their career. Not everybody is Ted Williams hitting a home run on the last pitch they see and, and waltzing off into the into the into the sunset at forty one or however old he was. Um, not everyone has that opportunity. And if if this is the end for Jose Bautista's Blue Jays career, um, you can't take anything away from him. But the last thing you want is to have it to, to try to relive this again. But then suddenly you're forced to not have a triumphant goodbye and not have. The, you know, the ovations and the, and the things. Like you've said many times before, you've got a sullen press conference in the bowels of Tropicana Field where he's announcing that he's done or that he's not going to play anymore. Like, that's, that's more brand damaging than, than going out on a high note like, like he was able to do this year. I still remember Mike Schmidt retiring in the middle of the damn season, just being like, "Like, nope, can't hack it. This is it. We gotta, we gotta walk away." You know, and I'm sure he's not the only example, but yeah, that you know, that's not that's not what you want people to remember about your career, uh, and I uh, and your legacy and your the end of your career. And I think you know, Bautista. What happened on Sunday? I I was at the game on Saturday. I didn't go on Sunday, but I was at the game on Saturday, and it was you know I was like oh I wonder I wonder what Sunday's going to be like because it was you know the the atmosphere was good and and the you know there were cheers and there were the Jose chants and there was stuff, but it was it wasn't you know it wasn't uh, like it was a dress rehearsal or anything like that. It wasn't like people were getting into it and and doing it on Saturday in lieu of being able to do it Sunday, which I kind of hoped they were because because I was I was adamantly not going to go on Sunday. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it seemed like Sunday was just a completely other level. Like, it was a beautiful thing, and, and people really got emotional, and he did, and, and uh, it was a great way for him to cap off an incredible run as a Blue Jays player. And uh, yeah, I would, I would hate to see that tarnished by... Uh, by his determination to keep playing when his body and his skills are telling him that he can't. Um, 
But as I've said before here and in other places, you know, you, you don't you're not Jose Bautista if you just give up like that. He doesn't become the guy that he became if he was just if he gets resigned to his fate like that. So uh, that fire is probably still burning, and that's clearly why though he has danced around the. Uh, the question of whether he'll be back somewhere or whether, you know, whether it's the end and doesn't want to say, that, you know, now is not the time to talk about uh, whether, you know, the end and look back on his career. Like, he's not, he's clearly not ready to do that. And I, it seems like a lot of guys uh, have a hard time accepting that kind of reality. Um, so we'll see. I guess we'll see where it goes. But I, I, I remain skeptical that, you know, like you said, like the Blue Jays, there's too much money tied up. There's too many people tied up in spots to, for it to make sense. But it's it's hard to see where that's going to happen elsewhere. Does Oakland? Does Tampa take a flyer on him? Is that where he's really going to go? Well, like, the other the other a, side of a it national is... team, national league team, probably not. Like who? I, and uh, yeah, I mean, I just just why? Well, why would anybody? I think we talked about this a little bit before that if he can brand himself as a as a super utility player. A guy who's like, I can still play third, I can play first, I can play right, I can, you know, do whatever. Um, you know, and he's still in good shape. I mean, but I think if anything, sure, yeah. you know, the StatCast things, something like StatCast could be his ultimate undoing. Because if you see him running around up there, he still looks fine. He's spry and he's athletic and he's still in obviously in great shape. And he doesn't look like, you know, pool. So you see him and you're like, how it's he's running but somehow he's going <laughs> yeah. in reverse like i don't understand any of this but, but yeah. he doesn't look like that but the numbers speak for themselves his sprint speed is lower than almost every other outfielder i mean it's just the game has changed and 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 the things that he does well are not those skills are not in demand as he saw himself this past off season that the yeah. promise of 25 or 30 home runs um, is just not that sought after because there are any number of guys who are minor league guys or who are players who are younger and, and, and you know, maybe, Cheaper. you know, not of his caliber, but how many free agent Chris Carter types are there waiting, you know, the next level down, guys who don't have the same kind of cachet or, you know, what we've saw, seen with like a Colby Rasmus before he, you know, walked away from the game this year. Just there are guys, if you, if, if you are a front office and you're looking at yourself and you're like, we need 25 home runs. You know, you don't have to look far to get it. And it's really easy to overlook a guy like Jose Bautista because you're like, he's also has a chance to not hit 25 home runs and to do all these other things. Like there's not a ton of upside with a guy who's 36 and shown him himself to have a bit of a slow bat and disastrous sudden contract rate as the game has changed around him. So it makes it a bit of a tough sell. Uh, yep. Uh, one thing real quick we could talk about, um, but maybe not for too long, because I think it's part of our um, part of our brand. It's part of our gimmick is to not ever talk about how good Josh Donaldson is, uh, because <laughs> Josh Donaldson, yeah. uh, he's very good, and he's having a uh, another monstrous season. You know, by hook or by crook, he's going to end up with a five win year, having played 110 games, um, and. With in, included in that five win, thirty home run, one hundred and forty five or fifty weighted runs created plus season, is an extended uh, slump from which he was presumably nursing an injury. Um, th- yeah. There's really not not much more you can say. He he's he has done everything that could ever could have been asked of him, and now thanks to Richard Urania not really getting the same kind of playing playing time that he got before. Um, uh, 
Because he's bad. Because he's bad. So that con- at least that conversation's <laughs> over. So now the only conversation around nice, the team yeah. from now until April 1st, or from now until July 31st of 2018, is what's going to happen yeah. with Josh Donaldson. Yep. And it's going to be really frustrating. Well, not really. It's not. You could talk. There are worse things to talk about. But uh, he's so good. And the, the, crawl, the calls for him to be re-signed are only going to get louder. And the, call, the calls for him to be traded are going to get louder as well. It's going to be two distinct camps. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it, it's, it would be pretty bad if they let him walk and just got a draft pick out of it, right? Like, that is poor asset management. So something has to give, right? And, and I mean, maybe they're already too resigned to it, to, maybe that's, maybe that ship has kind of sailed because, you know, if you're just trading away one year of his deal, you're not getting the same as if it's two, obviously, and maybe you're not getting that much more than what you could get uh, next July. So that seems to be where they're at. Is is uh, we're not going to trade him. We'll we'll think about it in July if we're out of it. Uh, but then if they're not, do they? Re- I mean, uh, they have no choice but to go to go into the off season with him as a potential free agent, and then uh, and then take the draft pick if he goes elsewhere, which it seems, you know, the other alternative of course is re-signing him, but it doesn't seem like they have a lot of, uh, well, maybe they have interest in it, but, uh, but you can understand why they would and why, you know, why, why that's a tricky process with him being so fucking good, but at the age that he's at and so close to free agency and, uh, and all the other things that go with it. And the, you know, just, just the way that this roster is and, how there is, you know, dead money from Tulo and Morales and and uh, and maybe Martin upcoming or money that's that's not well spent and will make it you know difficult to to build a proper team around the guys that they have upcoming. Uh, I still think that there is a thre- a needle that you can thread there probably hopefully that uh, and that it would make sense to bring to bring him back for a long time and be a guy who is here with Bichette and. Guerrero and all those guys as they start to come up and populate the roster, but that's a big call too. It's a it's it's a uh, it's a franchise defining call, and it's a it's a, a you're putting your job on the line if you're Atkinson Shapiro, uh, basically no matter which way you play this Donaldson situation. So that is that's why we're going to be talking about it because if they if they fuck it up one way or the other. Uh, it's not going to be great. It's not, it's, uh, it's not going <laughs> to, the conversation's going to be bad and it's good. And for good reason, it's going to look bad on them, uh, and on Rogers for, you know, doing the wrong thing with such an important, incredible player, a player who, you know, on a, on a per year kind of basis on a per plate appearance or whatever basis, you know, is, uh, the best generator of production and value that uh, the Blue Jays have ever had, save for, you know, Roger Clemens, probably. That's an interesting parallel that I've made in my head a little bit as well. Uh, obviously, the the situation is 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 very different, but uh, but yeah, no, he, he is all but unmatched in his ability to uh, produce for the team, and that's uh, it's it is a frightening thought. And uh, as you said, it's a franchise uh, defining decision, uh, which is to say, no pressure. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> no big deal. Just sort of decide what is going to happen with the team for the next five years with the one guy. But, um, yeah, I don't know. There, there's only so much we can say. There's like, it's all, it's kind of been said before. He's really, 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 really good. And watching him at home yeah. runs off of shit bags is something I could do um, <laughs> forever for the rest of my days. Uh, or Chris Sale, even. Yeah, hitting, hitting them off of Chris Sale, yeah. Although Chris Sale yeah. has been a little, a little bit homer prone this year. That's, and in the past. Okay. I'm not trying to take anything away from, uh, from what's his name? Josh Donaldson. But uh, Sale has given up his share of long balls this year. I think you're trying to take things away from Josh Donaldson. He's given up. He's given out 24 home <laughs> runs this year. He gave out 27 last year, 23 the year before. He's not. He's not unfamiliar to the concept of uh, of dingery. So uh, yeah, yeah, sounds like he's trash. I think he's the kind of guy who's bad and should feel bad about it. <laughs> um, at least he lost. He cost himself the Cy Young with some bad starts, probably. Yeah, the Jays costed him the Cy Young. That's I'm all right with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's about it. That's all the time we've got for this one. As we said before, there's a bonus super bad available for Patreon uh, subscribers and, uh, and and contributors. So make sure you check check for that. Check your email, I assume. Stoughton, uh, there'll be an email reminder to those people, uh, but it also will be there. If you are not a Patreon subscriber, you want to head on over, check it out. Uh, let me encourage that. Uh, anything else? You got any uh, parting shots for, uh, for now or anything else to say on your way out? I do not. That's good. I don't have anything, yeah. anything either. I, I, I enjoyed another fizzy water while we, uh, while we recorded. And I got, some, I got some beer in the mail today or this week, which... Um, I, yeah, me as well. The fine, fine people at Miller Lite. Oh, I was going to say, it was going to go un, unmentioned. Because, you know, oh. like, I appreciate the beer. But, um, you know, like we got to talk before, before we go all the way to offering the endorsement or the free publicity. But thanks for the beer. Yeah, what? Yeah. Hmm? It's in your budget. To, it's in their budget to advertise with a plucky Blue Jays podcast. I mean, come on. I think it is. I think I know you're that the, it is. You're the beer. You're the official beer of Major League Baseball. You got a. You got a. I, I think it goes hand in hand. You got a fancy PR firm doing your work, sending us handwritten notes, which is lovely, and 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 beer glasses as well. But let's uh, step it up a little bit, boys. You know, we got it in us. I- we can do it. How was the packaging? How 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 did you how how was the packaging for yours? It was in a white box. With, was it with like some t- <laughs> some tinselly stuff packaged around? Was it was it just in the box? Well, the the glass was in the middle amongst the cans with like the blue sort of streamery stuff laying all around. But all you received was the white box. Yeah. Because see, the last time they sent me something, I kind of dragged them on Twitter a little bit. Uh huh. Uh, because they, I mean, it was just the most flimsily taped together package I could imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this time I got the white box, but it was in a ton of bubble wrap in a much bigger box. Good for them. That was also, that was also really hastily taped together. Uh, like, like the tape was like twisting and shit. It was like, there, there was not a lot of love put in. And put it, it the white box was glorious. It was very nicely packaged. I I, I appreciate the bubble wrap. I'm sure I'll I'll do something with that. I don't <laughs> fucking know. Pass the but, time. But 
yeah, but but it was it was it was odd. I don't know if that was them showing me for their last uh, for their last packaging uh, attempt, which was uh, which was poor. I would I, I won't hesitate to say. Um, but yeah, they really made sure that everything was nice and and well packaged. It was a giant box with a smaller white box in it. I'm like, how many beers did they did they send me? Oh, like six. They're just somewhere under all this bubble wrap. The speaking of dragging, they, they didn't do it. Nobody associated with that fine brand or the uh, the That's public true. relations company that uh, that that they have uh, uh, retained. But the guy who delivered it showed up at my door, and then he was in a very accusing tone, asking why I didn't have a concierge in my building. Like, he's like, you don't have a doorman? I'm like, no, I don't have a fucking doorman. It's a buzzer. Just push the buttons and it calls up. He just wandered in and, like, came up and came right up to my unit. For which, you know, that's the, you, you've breached the security of my fine rental building here, sir. I, don't not, I do not appreciate that. And then you call it out? Like, what, is there going to be a jewel heist here now? I, like, what's going on? Anyway. Thanks, Miller. Light. You gave us content. <laughs> The gift that keeps on giving. Uh, so that's it for this edition of Birds spirit. All Day. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the 2017 season. As we always say, we will continue on fearlessly throughout the off season. Uh, we'll take probably take a couple weeks off in December, but you'll hear us uh, through October, as there are many decisions to be made and many uh, much milk to, milk to spill over many of these largely inconsequential decisions. Uh, of course, the, the GM meetings and the winter meetings are all, uh, you know, in coming down the, the pike, uh, as well as Fall League. I'm sure some good Blue Jays teens are going to be there. And, uh, yeah, we'll keep going. And, of course, look for more uh, Super Bad if you are a, uh, a Patreon sub- subscriber. So for Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Ferris. It's fair service. We want to say thank you for listening to this edition of Birds All Day.